Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn away from your ordinances, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 16 through 31. But they and our ancestors acted presumptuously and stiffened their necks and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. But they stiffened their necks and determined to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and you did not forsake them. Even when they had cast an image of a calf for themselves and said, This is your God who brought you up out of Egypt, and had committed great blasphemies, you in your great mercies did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud that led them in the way did not leave them by day, nor the pillar of fire by night that gave them light on the, on which, on the way by which you sh- they should go. You gave your good spirit to instruct them, and did not withhold your manna from their mouths, and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell, and you gave them kingdoms and peoples, and allotted to them every corner. So they took possession of the land of King Sihon of Heshbon and the land of King Og of Bashan. You multiplied their descendants like the stars of heaven and brought them into the land that you had told their ancestors to enter and possess. So the descendants went in and possessed the land, and you subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the peoples of the land to do with them as they pleased. And they captured fortress cities and rich land and took possession of houses filled with all sorts of goods, hewn cisterns, vineyards, olive orchards, and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in your great goodness. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against you and cast your law behind their backs and killed your prophets, who had warned them in order to turn them back to you. And they committed great blasphemies. Therefore you gave them into the hands of their enemies who made them suffer. Then, in the time of their suffering, they cried out to you, and you heard them from heaven. And according to your great mercies, you gave them saviors, who saved them from the hands of their enemies. But after they had rest, they again did evil before you, and you abandoned them to the hands of their enemies, so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they turned and cried to you, you heard from heaven, and many times you rescued them according to your mercies. And you warned them in order and you warned them in order to turn them back to your law. Yet they acted presumptuously and did not obey your commandments, but sinned against your ordinances. 
by the observance of which a person shall live. They turned a stubborn shoulder and stiffened their neck and would not obey. Many years you were patient with them and warned them by your spirit through the prophets, yet they would not listen. Therefore you handed them over to the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, in your great mercies you did not make an end of them or forsake them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 21 through 24 So that you may also know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus will tell you everything. He is a dear brother and a faithful minister in the Lord. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are and to encourage your hearts. Peace be to the whole community and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all of you who have an undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning and welcome to the 12th Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 119, Nehemiah 9, and Ephesians 6. And uh, there's definitely going to be some language in this one. I'm pretty good about marking them all explicit that are, but um, reading Nehemiah, um, you get the sense, well, it describes this back and forth, right? Um, As they are tested and tried and challenged, the people do well. But as they gain rest, uh, they become fat and disobedient. It's almost like a roller coaster. You, know, you go up and down and up and down, and you kind of see where you're going. Uh, just a, a little ways ahead of you, you can see, uh, you know, here comes a trial, we're going to do, be doing better. Or here comes uh, the re- uh, a period of rest, we're going to get fat and disobedient. Um, and he, God sends the prophets to remind them and to keep them in line. Um, but they don't, they don't do that. They don't listen to the prophets. And what I wrote in, uh, God is a grunt, my third book, which you can learn more about at gruntgod.com. I I don't know why I like that website so much. Gruntgod.com. Um, about, uh, this thing that I don't know, I called and we called at least in my unit, fuck, fuck games. Fuck, fuck games are... Uh, they're they're two different things to different people, right? The person who is enduring the fuck fuck games um, probably don't think very highly of the person um, in charge. Probably, maybe not. But we call them fuck fuck games because it feels like we're being fucked with. Um, you know, grunts on you know, in line company or artillery battery. Um, we don't like that, right? We like their, we like to know what's going on. We like uh, to be informed of when we're going home, when we're going out in the field, what we're doing next. But the problem is that creates a certain amount of complacency. And if we know when we're going home, we're going to start slacking off. At, you know, in the last, you know, in the home stretch, we're going to give ourselves rest. Um, and I still in my in my mind when I was a, a Joe. Uh, paratrooper out in uh, Fort Bragg, um, I would get really pissed off when we didn't know when we were coming home. And they expected us to do stuff 
forever, right? Field problems stretch from days to weeks. I'm not exaggerating it. It actually happened, uh, particularly before 9-11 when, like, field problems were most of what you did and not, you know, combat deployments and uh, dwell time. Anyway, um, I really thought, like, it was unnecessary and it was frustrating. And to this day, I have a thing, um, a pet peeve or I don't know what you'd call it. If I don't know what's going on and we're just kind of wandering aimlessly, like, I want to punch someone. I remember... um, I was in Aberdeen for a conference uh, while I was uh, taking a Master of Letters in, at St. Andrews. And it was me and another couple of guys from St. Andrews and a bunch of other people at this ethics conference. And the conference had ended for the day, and we were in Aberdeen, and I was under the impression that we were going to get dinner. And I swear to God, we wandered around for 30 minutes. Um, some people were like, think about going to a bar, and some people were like, no, I want to see these sites, and it was totally disorganized. And I think, be, oh yeah, I think I drove, did I drive? No, I think I rented a car. Anyway, I felt trapped and I was so pissed off because it felt like a field problem where like, you don't know what's going on. It seems chaotic and it seems unnecessarily chaotic. It felt like a fuck fuck game. Um, of course it wasn't. People were just indecisive and, you know, just Europeans are a different kind of social animal than Americans are. Um, but that kind of seems what like what God does sometimes in order to keep us from creating our own rest when we don't need it. Um, he plays these fuck fuck games with us. Um, God will, you know, send us out in the desert when we're uh, unwilling or unprepared to fight and trust in God that we can overcome the, you know, these giant people supposedly in Canaan when they first spied the land. Um, it's, it seems unnecessary. Like, why? Um, it seems like a curse, like Cain's curse, to wander the land, all because they were afraid. And instead of, you know, ministering to us in our fear, God says, okay, fuck it. We're going to wander 40 years. None of you get to see the promised land. Only your children do. And Joshua and Caleb. Um, but from the perspective of the person in charge... Um, and I didn't appreciate this until probably when I was out of the military because I didn't spend a whole lot of time as an NCO. Um, you know, the on the one hand, it could be strategic. Fuck, fuck games can be strategic, keeping us on our toes. Um, because the whole point of training problems or field problems and training exercises and boot camp is to get you out of your comfort zone, keep you guessing, and try to keep you on your toes, which we hope will keep you alive in combat, right? If the, you know, the greatest good, you know, sarcastically is survival, then your drill instructor and your NCO is going to help you stay alive by fucking with you. Um, because that keeps you from becoming complacent. And I still think, uh, my time in Iraq, uh, most of my time, about 10 of the 13 months, we were quick, rea quick reaction force for basically the country. We went everywhere except for Baghdad. Um, and we didn't lose a single member of our entire battalion. Um, there's one guy at the end who I'm, I'm pretty sure committed suicide. Um, we were told he died playing Russian roulette, but I think that's just kind of, I don't know, it seems suspicious. Um, 
none of nobody died from combat operation. There, there were people injured, but we didn't create patterns that allowed us to become complacent. We didn't stay in one place, get fat and disobedient, um, and then have have to get punished or or suffer, you know, by having somebody die because they got complacent. Um, and so these fuck fuck games for the person in charge actually do have a point sometimes not always sometimes they really are fuck fuck games and sometimes joe's frustration is warranted um but i'm willing to bet that for the most for the most part most of the time they actually are strategic um they know exactly when we're coming in from the field and they're not going to tell us because um that would that would be too easy that would that would allow participants out of the game itself to look back at the game, if that makes sense. Um, I don't think that you can redeploy even from the field without a massive amount of planning. If you've got, you know, a battalion, you know, uh, out in the, um, out in the field, it's not like, okay, tomorrow we're going in, pack up your stuff. Um, I think that a lot of it is pre-planned. Um, but you, but by, being a part of the uh, oversight of you know the game or the field problem or whatever you want to call it, um, that allows you a certain perspective that you don't have in combat, that you don't have in real life. Um, God never invites Moses and says, okay, look, this is what I'm planning to do. This is how the people are going to behave and operate. This is what they're going to do to the prophets. God never does that to anybody in the Bible. Um, because, uh, that, that's just not, that's just not helpful for us in the real world. If we, if we know everything that's going to happen, do you really think that we're going to put up with what we think are fuck, fuck games, these trials and tribulations that we're put through? Um, do you think that they would really help us? Or do you think that we kick back in our, our lazy boys and get fat and disobedient? Um, the, the pattern of Israel and the pattern I think of, of human, you know, kind of behavior is such that if you, you know, you take an inch, uh, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Um, you know, if you, if you, um, if you aren't on your toes, uh, you're more likely to be on your ass. And that can be, you might think that's fun, but that can also be quite dangerous. Um, and so I think the, the, the merit, the, the worth, the value of fuck, fuck games, for lack of a better word, um, is to keep us inside, you know, the game, to keep us inside, you know, uh, our own experience, um, and to, uh, and, and thereby improving your character, making you a better person, making you more patient. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of what, um, is going on in the wilderness and in these trials and temptations that Nehemiah outlines um, keeping the people on their toes makes them um, more able uh, to to suffer these you know slings and arrows of the enemy um, and to uh, become richer people because of these experiences that they have um, and having to deal with them you know really deal with them in reality not outside you know with God's point of view because that's all we have is our own point of view and where we at, where we're at, and and what we're under, what we're um, going through.
A Prayer for the Mission of the Church from the Book of Common Prayer. Ever-living God, whose will it is that all should come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, inspire our witness to him, that all may know the power of his forgiveness and the hope of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.